Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. So what does the story of Israel's exodus from Egypt have to do with the last days? I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. On our last podcast, we talked about repeating cycles in the Bible. Should we be expecting another repeating cycle of events in the last days? Let's talk about it. If you didn't know, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Understanding and believing the Torah gives context to the rest of the Bible. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Find us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com, on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, or wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a big shalom to our listeners in Florida and France. Amen. Listen out for Red Pill Torah on a radio station near you. In our last podcast, we left off with a verse from 1 Corinthians 10. Now let's start with some context around that verse, okay? Mm -hmm. So the Apostle Paul went to evangelize in the port city of Corinth, located in southern Greece. It was a place where many peoples and cultures interacted. There were temples to Greek and Roman gods there, so idol worship was a big thing. Acts 18 described Paul's visit to Corinth. Acts 18 verse 2 tells us that the Roman emperor Tiberius Claudius Caesar Augustus ordered all Jews out of Rome. So many of the Jews in Corinth probably came from Rome. Elohim told Paul to speak up and proclaim the gospel there. Because of the significant Jewish population in Corinth, there were also many synagogues there. Acts 18.4 tells us that Paul reasoned in the synagogues every Sabbath, persuading Jews and Greeks that Yeshua was the Messiah. However, after Paul left the congregation he established in Corinth, he received word that they needed some correction and encouragement regarding their new faith. What we know as 1 Corinthians is Paul's first letter to them. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 ends with Paul using the analogy of an athlete applying discipline to his training routine. He describes mastering his fleshly impulses and desires so that he would not lose his reward for being a minister of the gospel. 1 Corinthians 10, starting at verse 1, says, For, brothers, I don't want you to miss the significance of what happened to our fathers. All of them were guided by the pillar of cloud, and they all passed through the sea. And in connection with the cloud and with the sea, they all immersed themselves into Moshe. And they all ate the same food from the Spirit, and they all drank the same drink from the Spirit. For they drank from a Spirit-sent rock, which followed them, and that rock was the Messiah. Now, Mama, we can plainly tell what people Paul was talking about. Mm -hmm. Only Israel was guided by a pillar-shaped cloud. That's right. Only Israel passed through a sea, ate manna, food from the Spirit, and drank from a rock. But let's not gloss over Paul's first statement in chapter 10. He said, brothers, don't miss the significance of what happened to our fathers. While addressing Jewish and non-Jewish born believers, Paul described Israel in the Exodus as our fathers. In your place of worship, are you taught to see ancient Israel as your fathers? Great question, Daddy. As we keep reading in verse 5, it says, Yet with the majority of them, Elohim was not pleased, 
so their bodies were strewn across the desert. Now these things took place as examples for us, warning us not to set our hearts on evil desires as they did. Verse 7 through 10 mentioned specific instances where the people of Israel fell into sin and were judged by Elohim. These verses mentioned instances of idol worship, sexual immorality, and complaining and testing Jehovah their Elohim. Then we come to verse 11, which says, These things happened to them as cautionary historical events, and they were written down as a warning to us who are living in the Akarit Hayamim, or the end times. Therefore, let anyone who thinks he is standing up or secure in their faith be careful not to fall or give in to temptation. Mm -hmm. No temptation has seized you beyond what people normally experience, and God can be trusted to not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. In fact, along with the temptation, he will give also a way out so that you will be able to endure. Because God has given you strength, my dear friends, run from idolatry. Paul told the believers in Corinth that even though they lived in the middle of a place that endorsed idol worship, sexual impurity, drunkenness, and other things that Elohim detests, their temptation was not uncommon. No. Now, from the scriptures, we know what happened to the people of Israel who didn't hold fast to Elohim's instructions and yielded to those temptations. We also see the blessings for those who did hold fast and by faith take hold of the same blessing that is waiting for them, even though they've been dead for thousands of years. Now, Let's go back to that verse 11, which says that these things were written down as a warning to those of us living in the end times. From the scriptures, we see that Israel's exodus from Egypt is not only a historical miracle, it is a miracle that will come back again. In church, my experience with prophets was that they were people who could tell you what Elohim had to say to you personally. As Tim and I learned more about the scriptures, or the Tanakh, we discovered that prophets are people who speak the message that Jehovah gives them to say about Israel. In the Bible, most prophets' messages were telling the people of Israel to repent and to return to the ways of Jehovah. If the people did not repent, the prophet would warn of judgment from Jehovah, which he himself warned about in the Torah. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah was one of those prophets who bravely spoke that message. He foretold that Israel would be expelled from the promised land because they abandoned Elohim's instructions. From history, we know that they were forcibly taken from the land and scattered around the nations of the world. That's right, Mama. And Jeremiah also prophesied that Israel would be regathered to the promised land. Amen. Jeremiah 16:14 and 15 says, The day will come when people will no longer swear as Jehovah lives who brought the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt, but as Jehovah lives, who brought the people of Israel out of the land to the north and out of all the countries where he drove them. For I will bring them back to their own land, which I gave to their ancestors. Imagine an event so epic that it exceeds the miracle of Israel's exodus from slavery in Egypt. Wow. The original exodus is so miraculous that it's still one of the greatest stories ever told to this day. Millions of people walking through the Red Sea, being led by a pillar of fire at night and a cloud during the day. Mm -hmm. Imagine these people receiving food and water miraculously and having their clothes 
last for 40 years. The miracles of Israel are astonishing, and archaeologists are still uncovering physical evidence of these miracles. Check out what Jeremiah 31 says about the greater exodus. Starting at verse 7, it reads, For here is what Jehovah says, Sing for joy, Jacob. Shout for the chief of the nations. Proclaim your praise and say, Jehovah, you have saved your people, the remnant of Israel. And Jehovah will say, Look, I am bringing them from the land in the north, gathering them from the far ends of the earth. Among them are the blind and the lame, women with children, women in labor, all together, a vast throng returning here. They will come weeping and praying as I bring them back. I will lead them by streams of water on smooth paths so they won't stumble. For I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn son. Ephraim is the name of Joseph's second son. Now, in Genesis chapter 48, verse 5, Israel adopted Joseph's sons and blessed them. The name of Ephraim was later applied to the ten tribes of Israel who were scattered to the nations. When you read about Ephraim being Elohim's firstborn son, Jeremiah was prophesying about the ten tribes and their return to Israel. For hundreds of years, Hebrew people did not live in the area we know as Israel today. It seemed to make sense to replace Israel with what was known as the church when those scriptures were read. However, when Jews returned to the land of Israel over 70 years ago, that was a sign that Jehovah's words, spoken by the prophets, were to be understood and taken literally, mm -hmm. not merely in a spiritual sense. That's right, Daddy. Our Elohim promise to Abraham thousands of years ago are being fulfilled right before our eyes. And this is only the beginning. Amen. We see trouble increasing on a global scale with pestilence, wars, and rumors of wars, famine, and other problems that the Bible described as the beginning of birth pains. In the midst of so much turmoil, those of us who know and believe the scriptures can see the move of Jehovah accomplishing his purposes as he said he would. The regathering of his people Israel promised many times in the Bible is one of his purposes. And if you identify as born again into the kingdom of Jehovah through Yeshua our Messiah, you are a part of Israel and you are part of the regathering. So what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and continue to believe that the church has replaced the Israel of the Bible? Or would you take the red pill? and embrace your heritage as part of Israel in the Bible? Only you can answer that question. Now is the time to have your bags packed, looking for the fulfillment of Elohim's promise to regather Israel to the promised land. Amen. The greater exodus is something that you rarely, if ever, hear about in most churches, but it's mentioned throughout the Bible. For a crash course about what the greater exodus is all about, check out teaching videos on YouTube by Monty Judah, and Eddie Chumney. Have your Bibles open when you listen and read the scriptures they point out. Be like those Bereans we talk about. Do your own research and validate what's being taught. And remember that faith without works is dead. As you learn about what's coming, actively prepare yourself and your family. Remember the story of Noah building a boat on dry land. If he had waited or neglected to build an ark as Elohim instructed, do you think he would have escaped the judgment that was coming? 
So how's your ark coming? And how are you acting out your faith? Well, that's it for today's podcast. Listen to this again and tell a friend. If you listen regularly, please send us an email letting us know how you're doing and how we can improve what we're doing. Thank you for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Tour, where you can handle the truth.